Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest edition of Sports Talk with Marcel. Thank you guys for joining me on this wonderful Wednesday, April 26, 2023, episode 117. We have a jam-packed show for you guys. So much has been going on for the last couple of days, and especially a couple of weeks in the world of sports. We have tons of news, tons of it. NBA news, NFL news, you name it. MLB, this day of sports history, and of course, best and worst of the week. Stanley Club playoff and NBA playoff, of course. But we have to start with probably the news that came out of nowhere. We were expecting it, but we didn't expect it this week. Aaron Rodgers have been traded to the New York Jets. It has been nearly three years since um, Green Bay Packers general manager used a first-round pick on Jordan Love, a move that seemed to hint an end at the Hall of Famer's 10th um, term in Green Bay. Rodgers responded by winning back-to-back MVP awards and signing an extension with the team. Now, after a disappointing season for both Rodgers and the Packers, the two sides have split. It is easy to understand why the Packers were ready to move on. Love was set on the bench for most of the first three seasons and has a fifth-year option decision coming up this spring. Rodgers owed an unbelievable $58.3 million bonus before the 2023 season and a whopping $108.7 million over the next two seasons. After he came out of the darkness retreat and announced he wanted to play for the Jets in 2023, this upcoming season, the writing was on the wall regarding the relationship with the Green Bay Packers. In a situation in which both the Jets and Packers was locked into a deal with no alternatives, it was going to be difficult to negotiate um, constipation. Constellation which is why it took until the days before the draft to get it done. The Packers are sending Rodgers in picks 15 and 170 of in this year's draft to the New York Jets. In return, the Jets are shipping off 13, 42, and 207 picks in this draft in a second rounder in a 2024 that could have became would, would could become a first round um, if Rodgers plays at least 65% of his snaps this season. Of course he will. Trying to jump to the first runner, first runner on the 2024 pick to roughly playing 12 games to, to as opposed to more substantial total of some sort of production or win-based measurement is a victory for the Green Bay Packers, GM. When I wrote my mock draft or trades column, I included uh, tons of selections that rose around if Rodgers won a playoff game with the New York Jets. Making it into the 12th game, 
is most like, likely a possession. So, the New York Jets now have a quarterback. I don't know what they're going to do with Zach Wilson. Maybe they'll cut him or retrade him or whatever. That's for here or there. But well, then maybe they will punish him by letting him sit for the next two, three years. Tell you the truth. That's probably what they will do. Um, but what I see is, is now don't get me wrong. The Jets are a good team, have good defense. Of course, Quinn Williams is probably the, 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 the cornerstone of defense for the next couple of years. And him and Soft's Garner, which is who is my absolute favorite um, DB right now in the game. Those two itself are will be making some noise for the next four or five years. But if you honestly, if you if you guys honestly take this clip into content to the point where can they really be a Super Bowl contender team? And I hear a lot of people saying that they're a Super Bowl contender team. I wouldn't just say that just yet because let's let's be honest. Thank God. In, and rides out the NF, NF, NFC North because it gives some of these young younger teams, Justin Smith, Justin Fields to be exact, a chance to own that division. He have owned it for the last ten years plus. But if you t- if you asking me is Justin uh, if the New York Jets are a contender, I would say no. Let's be honest. They are in the AFC East. Who they probably the second or third best team because they know we know Baltimore. I mean Buffalo is the best, overall the best team in that division, hands down. No one is going to pick the New York Jets, but the New York Jets fan base to win that division, and that's very understandable. But to me, they probably a, a, a first round, second round exit out of the playoff. That's just how I see it. You have a forty, you basically forty year old quarterback. And it's just something about the Jets. They love Green Bay Packers fans. They love Green Bay Packers quarterback. The last two quarterbacks they have traded from the Green Bay have been quarterbacks who is Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Hall of Fame players. But did they win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers? No, they didn't even get close. Are they going to win with Aaron Rodgers? Mm, it's a possibility, but I would say no. I don't think this makes the Jets, it makes them a little better. It don't make them, oh, uh, no playoff team last year to overall a Super Bowl contender. I don't see it. Please tell, I don't see it. They are in the toughest conference in the NFL for the next five years. Plus, you have to go through um, Jim, um, um, first off, you have to go through that division who have Josh Allen. You have um, Patrick Mahomes, of course. You have the Miami Dolphins and uh, Miami Dolphins in your own division, and you still got to play New England Patriots twice a year. That division itself will be tough to win next this this upcoming season. But the overall conference is so many teams you have to play. And if he couldn't get the Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers roster he had over there, what makes you think there would be any younger? The, the 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 biggest the biggest uh, factor is he have a younger roster, so they have no experience, and we all know in sports playoff experience is a plus. Let's move on to the next one. Trey Lance. 
Trey Lance have been with the San Francisco Giants. I mean, San Francisco 49ers for the last three years. I think he played like about six games. Um, um, General Manager John Lynch suggested this past Monday that he, ha- he that nothing has happened this offseason to lead him to believe 49ers quarterback Trey Lance is going anywhere anytime soon. Absolutely, I expect for Trey Lance to be here. Lance said during a press conference to preview the upcoming 2023 NFL Draft. We are excited about Trey Lance's um, ability to compete and what can he do for our franchise, just as we were when we, we draft him. Lance, who in the past said San Francisco 49ers will listen to any team calling about any player and has been transparent with Lance, reports surfaced this week that the 49ers have field calls have field calls from teams to check on Trey Lance's availability in a trade. Trey and I have talked, and we are on the same page, Lance said. Trey knows exactly where the situation is. His mindset is about is all about competing, and I think that's exactly where his mindset should be. We are excited about we are excited. Um, about where the situation is. Um, we're excited about the position he's putting himself in with the work he have done this offseason to, number one, get healthy, number two, improve upon some things that he had wanted to improve in. Lynn said that he has um, not been many or any uh, have any conversation about the possibility of Dylan Lance. I think there's a lot of smoke, really, Lance said. It's have, it hasn't been extremely active. Um, Lynch has been working on getting healthy from season-ending leg injury and has tightened his mechanics. He will be competing against veteran Sam um, Donald and eventually Brock Purdy for his spot for the team death chart. He's definitely excited, and I think he has the reason to be. Lance said, we're excited about Trey's ability to compete for a job it's yada yada yada. Uh, Lynch, I love John Lynch, but he ain't convincing me one bit that they won't try. I believe they will, and I think they should. Let me tell you a situation going on over there, and I, I, I'm I'm glad I waited to before the draft to to talk about this situation. Can you imagine? I know what Brock Purdy did, and of course Sam Donaldson will probably getting out one um, one snap and doing a regular season this season with the 49ers, I could probably, you know, guarantee you that. Can you imagine Lamar Jackson and that San Francisco 49ers um, offense? Can you imagine? When I saw this the um, yesterday, this, um, this story, I instantly, what if Lamar Jackson was a 49er? Easy Super Bowl, they will win the Super Bowl. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm for sure about that one because that's kind, that division, that conference. Of course, the division don't got nothing to worry about the division, but the conference, they will get there. It would be the same two teams from last year, 49ers and Eagles. But can you only imagine what how that 49ers team will look with Lamar Jackson of all people? It's just it's just an amazing thing. It's just really amazing thing to think about. But 
I think they should have dealt him. Trey, Trey Lance, I've said this since day one on this podcast. Trey Lance is not the guy for the job in San Francisco. That team is already that that team is ready. They are built to win now. And he just don't bring that leadership, that that passion. That's how that's just how I honestly feel. I haven't seen him there. He ain't that rah-rah guy. He's not him. He's not the um he's just not it. I haven't seen too much from him whatsoever. And it's and it's funny because the Bears had the number one pick before they traded to the Carolina Panthers. And if they won three games, and can you only imagine, can you just think about this? The one team that San Francisco 49ers lost against was the Chicago Bears, the worst team in the, in the, in the football league, in the, in, the, in the National Football League, from record stance. They lost to the Bears. And guess who was the quarterback? Trey Lance. I should, say, should I say more? I need I say more. He's just not it. We have some um, MLB news over. Go over to the Oakland Bay Area where Major League continuously to put their name on the Las Vegas something baseball team. They're trying to put a, a, a Las Vegas um, baseball team in Nevada. Major League Baseball Commissioner Robert McFay said he feels sorry for the fans of Oakland about the Athletics plan to relocate to Las Vegas, but denies claims by Oakland Mayor that the franchise used negotiations with the city as a leverage. Mayor discussed the plans Monday during a meeting with the Associate Press sports editors, adding that he believes the last place A's can feel a more competitive team in Nevada. The franchise announced last week that it had a signed um, bending agreement to purchase land for a new retraceable roof ballpark close to the Las Vegas Strip. After being unable to reach agreement to, to construct a new venue in the Bay Area, the A's have been trying to escape the rundown Oakland Coliseum for years, exploring options in Fairmont uh, and San Jose before shifting focus to Oakland Waterfront. After the A's announced the land purchase, Oakland Mayor Sean Chow said in a statement that she was disappointed the team didn't negotiate with the city as a true partner. Really? They've been negotiating for the last five years, lady. Come on, what's he talking about? It is clear to me that the A's have no intentions of staying in Oakland, duh, and have simply been using the process to try to attract a better deal out of Las Vegas, she said. Manfred disputed that, saying owner John Fisher negotiated scuffly exclusively with Oakland from 2014 to 2021. There you go. Seven years. Still nothing. Before beginning to look elsewhere. I feel sorry for the fans of Oakland. I really do, Manfred said. But for the city of Oakland to point fingers at John Fisher... It is not fair. It's very not fair. Because if you've seen Oakland Coliseum, and I've seen videos of it on YouTube, it is horrible. It is horrible. We have shown an unbelievable commitment to the fans of Oakland uh, by exhausting um, every possibility opportunity to try to get something done in Oakland. 
He added, unfortunately, the government doesn't seem to have the will to get it done. Of course not. The A's will work with um, Nevada and Clark County on a public-private partnership to fund the new stadium with a seating capacity of 30 to 35,000 um, um, seats. The team hopes to break ground by next year and move it um, move to its new home by 2027. The timeline for Oakland Oakland's move remains unconcerned. Uh, Memphis said the team's lease at the Coliseum expired after the 2024 season. There has been discussion for the A's to temporarily play at the home of their um, AAA affiliation, the Las Vegas Event um, Aviators. Uh, Memphis said he believed it was fastable schedule-wise to have the A's and their top minor um, league team share a ballpark. Of course, a year finishing, um, a year after finishing last in the American League, the A's have the worst record in the in baseball this season at four and eighteen. Oh Lord! And they also opened in 2023 with the MLB lowest payroll of fifty eight million. That is so sad. Oh man, what what's going on, man? This this mayor obviously don't know what she's talking about. Um, they like they said they've been um, trying to get a ballpark in Oakland for the last seven years, but I, I I would say at least ten plus. They have always tried to get um, a new ballpark there. I just feel like that. Can you as a as a as a as a MLB player, would you what would you would you be excited to go to a to a, um play go to work in a dome like that? Nobody would. Nobody would. So why say he's the reason for this? That's not the case. Over to the Houston Rockets in a hire that I do not agree with. The Houston Rockets have hired Ime Adoka as the franchise's next coach. The team announced um, last Tuesday night, this last night, the hiring come nearly three months after the Boston Celtics spin and dismissed Udoka for improper workplace relationship. A situation the Rockets investigated with the league office and with the Celtics, among others, before making a job offer, sources told ESPN. In his one season's head coach, Udoka led the Celtics to the NBA Finals appearance against the Golden State Warriors. The hiring is a, is a, a coup for Rocket general manager Ralph Stone, who helped sell Udoka on the franchise young talent. Man, you cannot sell me on that horrible team. I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry. He must have been desperate because, really, Houston Rockets, they are the worst team in the NBA. Um, a franchise young talent, salary cap space, and a chance of winning the draft lottery and selection generational talent, Victor Wamabama. They not getting him. I can guarantee you that. Um, Ume, intelligent, drive, and toughness were the traits we were looking for in a coach to lead our team through the next stage of our development as we strive to become a champion. That is the funniest statement I ever heard. 
your team is the worst in the league and you're trying to describe, I will tell you this right now. You're going to do all that. And Ume Doka might not even be the coach when you do win. I'm sorry. That's just how it is, man. Not in the next five years. To, nah, nowhere near. Um, Uduk, Adoka and Stone moved quickly towards a partnership upon an initial meeting recently. Sources said Udoka decided against purchase to the Toronto Raptors job and other potential openings in his hiring um, 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 cycle. Sources said the Brooklyn Nets considered hiring Udoka in the aftermath of their early season firing of Steve Nash, but ultimately decided to promote interim coach Jock Vaughn. Ume Adoka's ability to generalize, um, to generalize a locker room and command respect were an immediate part of his appeal to the Rockets in the marketplace. Udoka led the Celtics to a 51-31 record and became the first one of five rookie head coaches to reach the NBA Finals in the past 25 years, according to ESPN stats and information. Udoka helped the Celtics to the league's number one defensive, defensive efficiency a season ago, in the top 10 finish in offense. The Rockets ranked in the bottom five of both categories in the season that they saw them go 22 and 60. And I'm telling you right now, it probably would be 32 and 50 next year. It's not, it's not, it's, it, uh, having a coach to a young team would not make them better. I'm, I'm just sorry. This is not football. This this is basketball. I do not see the Houston Rockets being competitive next year. I don't see them being competitive for the next three years tops. I just don't see it. And I don't think anyone sees it. Period. Over to Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa considered retirement after his multiple stints in the concussion protocol last season. I'm sure he, he should have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say, but he should have. You don't see too many situations like that in a season. What we saw with him last this past season, the first one was briefly landed him in the hospital. In his first news conference sustaining a concussion on Christmas. Tua said he briefly muffed walking away from football in a conversation with his wife, but ultimately chose not to. I'm considering it for a time. I consider doing it for a time. Having sat down with my family, having sat down with my wife, and having those kind of conversations. But it would be really hard for me to walk away from the game. Would, um, game would how old I am with my son. I always dream of playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what he was watching. That he's watching his dad. It's my health. It's my body. And I feel like this is what best for me and my family. Tua, only 25 years old, was placed into the concussion protocol twice last season, missing five games. Including the Buffalo, including the loss to the Buffalo um, Bills in the playoff, he hit the he hit the he hit the back of his head on the ground in each instant in an effort to prevent that scenario from happening again. Tua has trained with a, a jiu-jitsu coach 
this offseason. He's still a white belt as of April, but said the experience has taught him how to distribute his weight and energy while falling. Yeah, this all sounded cool, but you just you just never know. You just, no one is you never ready. You never ready to get hit like that. And I, I think he should have retired. I really do. That's just my personal opinion. I feel like that's why I personally feel. And the way that he hit got his head hit the ground, and his finger was just. It looked to say it really did. It looked to say the get the hit in Cincinnati. Last Thursday, um, not last, this this past season on Thursday night football. I thought I thought he was really I thought he was paralyzed. I really did, and I was scared. Like whoa. And Stephen A. Smith said it yesterday best. The only reason they wasn't talking about tour situation as much as they did didn't as much as they wanted to because of the Demar Hamlin situation. If that Demar Hamlin situation wouldn't happen, I'm I'm sure. Tua probably would have been more, more serious about retiring, because you don't think about retiring and not do it. It's just, it's just sometimes it just don't happen that way. It just don't. When you think about retiring, it's more likely you do. And I don't think that was the best decision for him. I respect him for getting putting his body on the line, but like that. But man, at some point you just have to walk away. All good things come to an end. You don't want to, just like he said, he want to leave on his own terms. But in this, in this way, and I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it after this. He's putting himself in a situation where he will be forced to leave, uh, forced to retire. Last night playoff matchup in the NBA. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young. Got past the Boston Celtics. They forced a game six in Atlanta. Tomorrow night, Game Six Atlanta. They beat Boston last night, one nineteen and one seventeen. Trey Young, um, thirty eight points, thirty two rebounds, absolutely stud. Jalen Brown, thirty five points. Je- um, I believe um, Justin, um, Jason Tatum only had like nineteen points, sixteen to nineteen points, something like that. But let me tell you something about the Atlanta Hawks. And I've said this the last couple of days. I was just thinking about it, and I even posted it on social media. Um, and I watched that game. Um, I watched game, was that four again in Atlanta the other night? And first off, Murray, um, Devontae Murray, that was absolutely stupid. There's no way you bump a ref on when you have to, you already lost. It's, it's just, it's just, that was, that was just ignorant, ignorant, ignorancy. Um, but I was looking at the Atlanta's play, I was looking at the Atlanta house play. And I was watching the game with a close eye, and I just cannot understand. Well, I can now, but and I've made, and I've the and I and I and I've came to the conclusion of the Atlanta Hawks. No matter how much they force the Boston Celtics is, no, no, no matter how much they force Boston to a game six, I don't care about none of that. Because if you ask me honestly, Boston, this should have been a sweep. Period, and that's one thing that upset me about the Boston Celtics. You cannot get over. You cannot get. You can't get over this horrible team. They only have one person that can shoot the basket. To me, but I was watching Atlanta Hawks, and I was just come to myself since it's like you know what this team is not that good. They are not good. 
They are horrible defensively. Trey Young throwing up threes out the out the world, but nobody want to talk about this field goal percentage. It's not it's not good. I think he made eight out. I think the other night he was like eight from seventeen. It's just ridiculous. This team is not good. Murray, good player, good all around player. John Collins, solid dude. Clint Capella, hell of a player. Him and Hunter, a good big man core. But they are not good offensively. They are not good. You can have Murray play the point, or Trey Young play the point, it still won't work. And that's probably the hardest decision they have to decide this upcoming season. You you can only keep one. And who I'm leaning towards is is, is not Trey Young. It is not Trey Young. He is probably the most overrated player I've seen in the last couple years. He is just so overrated. He really is to me. But they force a game six tomorrow. I'm sure Boston could... If we go to game seven, then Boston, man, I don't know what to tell you, man. Because you let Philly rest right now, which they could use. So, we'll see what goes down tomorrow night. Will we, will, will, we see a, will we see Atlanta force a game seven, or will Boston be moving on to the next round? Minnesota get put out of playoff again, 29 points. Um, Anthony Edwards, um, 109 to 112 to 109. They lose. They are out the playoff as well. Jamal Murray with 35 points. And again, I was watching Minnesota. I think it was game. I think it was last night. They had the lead. They played very good. But they are another not good so team. They are horrible. From the day they traded for Rudy Gobert, I knew it wasn't going to work. It's just not going to work. You cannot have two seven footers and you have and you get out rebounded. How can how do that happen? How do that happen? And Charles and Charles and Shaq said it last night. It should never happen. They really need to consider getting rid of one of them. Anthony Edwards, good player, but last night was uncalled for. There's no way you don't you don't hit the tie-in. Three-pointer and you run off the court back into the locker room. I think it's some maturity issues there. He needs to really grow into be that hot of a player because you cannot do things like that and expect the organization to get behind you. It just cannot happen. Well, their season is over. Denver move on to play Phoenix game one is Saturday. I'm very looking forward to that matchup. The LA Clippers, another team, are home after last night. They did as much as they could. A, a good run in that fourth quarter, but it, it was it was it was short lived. One thirty six to one thirty. Devin Booker, a a, a dog, forty seven points. Kevin Durant added thirty one points. Nolan Powell, twenty seven points. He once he turned that ball over, I knew it was over. That last, I believe it was like one minute left. He turned the ball over. It was over. Russell Westbrook. Horrible night, 14 points, but 3 of 18 from the field goal. You're not going to get nothing. You're not going to really get nothing done with that. And it's, 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 it showed last night. If you would have had a couple more, maybe we'll be looking at a game six. But we not. Phoenix advanced to the semi-conference finals, the Western Conference finals. 
They will, like I said, play Denver, I believe, Saturday night in Denver. Tonight, we have closeout games. And I'm, and I'm probably positive one of them ain't going to happen. And I think that's the um, L.A. Lakers and Memphis. I believe it will be forced to game six. But the Knicks and Cleveland, I don't know. Cleveland is Cleveland cannot get nothing done on offense. Devin um, um, Mitchell has, has been basically um, scoreless. Not scoreless. He haven't been who he is, who he who 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 the season version of him we've seen. And Miami looks to close out Milwaukee. I don't know about that one. That's going to be a tough game. And of course, Golden State and Sacramento are the, the most entertaining game of the, the entire playoff we see tonight. Now it's time for this day in sports history. In 1931, Lou Gehrig hits home run, but is called out for passing the runner. Mistake cost him the AL home run crown, which him and Bay Ruth tied for the season. In 1983, NFL Draft, Stanford quarterback John Elway, first overall pick by the Baltimore Colts. In 1988, the NBA approves additional of the third referee, and the 1988-89 NBA season. And finally, in 1992, Ozzie Smith steals his 500th base. That was this day in sports history. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. That was this day in sports history. Over to MLB. Right now, the Arizona Cardinals, not Cardinals, Arizona Diamondbacks have the Kansas City 1-0 in the bottom of the fourth. A little later on today, the Dodgers are in Pittsburgh to give them a go again. They won last night. Um, the Houston Astros and Tampa Bay Rays score off again tonight. Um, Seattle Mariners is, are in Philadelphia to play the Phillies. The Washington Nationals are in New York to play the Mets. The Atlanta Braves host the Florida, um, the Miami Marlins. The San Diego Padres are at Wrigley Field to play the Cubs. The Oakland Athletics are in Anaheim, California to play the Angels. St. Louis um, Cardinals are in San Francisco to play the Giants. The Texas Rangers um, lose today against the Cincinnati Reds 5-2. Um, three, the Orioles take care of Boston Red Sox six to two. The Blue Jays shut out the White Sox eight to zero. The Cleveland Guardians take care of the um, Colorado Rockies four to one. The New York Yankees take care of the Minnesota Twins twelve to six after losing yesterday. Milwaukee um, Brewers take care of the Detroit Tigers six to two. Tomorrow's MLB games are as scheduled. The Marlins in Atlanta get at it again. The Dodgers and the Pittsburgh Pirates at again early time, set early start time. Phillies and the Mariners square off again tomorrow as well as as so as the Padres and Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals and I mean the Padres and Cubs, St. Louis Cardinals and the um, San Francisco Giants 
Um, again, the Atlanta, I mean the Anaheim, Anaheim, um, the LA Angels and the Oakland Athletics again. Um, and the Baltimore Orioles go to Detroit to open up a um, three-game set there against the Tigers. Tampa Bay Rays are in um, White Sox tomorrow night. The Washington Nationals are in New York to play the Mets. The um, Kansas City Royals go to Minnesota to play the division rivals and the Minnesota Twins. And the New York Yankees face a hot Texas Rangers team. NHL Stanley Cup playoff. Last night games, we've seen some good games in the New York Islanders. Um, beat the Carolina Hurricane they avoid elimination three to two. That series are now three to two. Carolina lead that series three to two. Minnesota gets shut out after winning the first game. They have lost to three of the next four. Um, three or four. Um, they are looking to bounce back as they face elimination as the Dallas Stars lead that series 3-2. to two. They look to close out that game, I believe, Friday night. Um, the LA Kings lose again to the Edmonton Oilers. Um, they look to avoid elimination to Friday night as well. They lose 6-3. to three. So tonight's and I'm sure it might be some closeout games, a closeout game in Boston. I don't see Boston losing to the Florida Panthers at home on a closeout situation. I don't see it happening. Um, and Seattle looked to take a 3-2 lead after tying the series 2-2 against the champs, Colorado Avalanche. Tomorrow, Thursday night game, Tampa Bay and Toronto. Tremendous series going on over there. The New York, New York Rangers and the... Um, New Jersey Devils, the Winnipeg Jets have tried to avoid elimination against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Now, what I've been waiting for, what I've been preparing for the whole entire month of April is the NFL Draft is tomorrow night, guys. It is tomorrow night. But have you asked yourself... The NFL draft is very exciting. It's very exciting. That's the good thing about it. But I took a I, I took a from, I, I took a big leap into the bad and the ugly of the NFL draft over the last over the entire fifty plus years of the NFL draft. We've seen some great draft picks. Some was horrible, some was bust, and we all know major majority of them was good, but is they Hall of Famers? And I'm not going to, I'm not, I didn't do this report to identify a Hall of Famer as the number one pick. No, I did this specifically to get you to understand the NFL draft, more like the number one pick have tons of pressure this time around in the NFL. Tons of the pressure. You look back, the 60s, the 70s, and 80s, majority of those 
are Hall of Famer picks. Some not. Some might surprise you. Let's get into it. Let's get let's let's dive more into it. 1989, I mean 1969, we seen a running back we like to call the juice, OJ Simpson. First overall pick that year, 1969. Four Hall of Famers was also in that class. 1970, the great Teddy Bradshaw, quarterback, Steelers legend, was the number one pick. And, of course, he is a Hall of Famer. And a one more Hall of Famer was in that entire draft as well. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting. Jim Plumley, the Oakland Rays great, wasn't even drafted by him, but still a great quarterback, He's not in the Hall of Fame, but he had a hell of a Hall of Fame career. But it's five more selections in that draft that are Hall of Famers today. 1970, 1974, Tuttle Jones, defensive end, number one overall pick. He is not a Hall of Famer, but... There are six Hall of Famers that wasn't picked number one. 1976, Leroy um, Salmon, defensive end, great defensive end, Hall of Famer, of course. It was also four other great Hall of Famers as well. 1978, Earl Campbell, the Houston Oilers, four Hall of Famers and two Hall of Famers in that draft. He is well a Hall of Famer. 1983, which is considered one of the best draft classes in NFL history. John Elway, one of the greats, Denver Broncos, the entire career with the Denver Broncos, was a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer, but it's also seven Hall of Famers in that draft as well. 1985, probably one of the best, one of the greatest defensive ends in NFL history. Bruce Smith was drafted by the Buffalo Bills also. A Hall of Famer and as well for other Hall of Famers. Bo Jackson, number one pick, 80, 86 draft. He is not a Hall of Famer because they say he didn't play long enough. Let's be honest, he is really considered a Hall of Famer. But also he had only one other Hall of Famer in that draft. The last, the last First pick of the 19, no, not the last, the last first overall pick of the 80s, Troy Aikman, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He is absolutely a Hall of Famer. Four other Hall of Famers in that draft. Now, 1990, Jeff George, 
was horrible as number one pick. Still, he had five Hall of Famers in that class. 1991, Russell May- May- um, Maryland, horrible. Two Hall of Famers in his class. 1993, Drew Bledsoe, one of my great Patriots legends. But he's not a Hall of Famer, but he has also five Hall of Famers in his class. Keyshawn Johnson, I don't know why he was number one pick, but he is not a Hall of Famer, but he had Hall of five Hall of Famers in his class. Orlando Pace, probably one of the greatest offensive tackles. 1997 first round pick NFL draft, a Hall of Famer. Easy. Three other Hall of Famers in that class. 1998, the chef, the, the chef, Peyton Manning, Hall of Famer. Three other Hall of Famer careers. Now, this is where the draft for the NFL took a horrible turn. A horrible turn. For the next 10 years, they have drafted players that didn't even... Some majority of them then play six, seven years. Tim Couch, the worst quarterback Cleveland, one of the worst Cleveland Browns ever drafted. It's multiples. Courtney Brown, I don't know how in the hell he get number one pick at all. Michael Vick, Absolutely. Had a hell of a career, but still, he's not a famer just yet. But it's also three other Hall of Famers in that 2001 draft. Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, Alex Smith. Respectfully, they had decent careers, not Hall of Fame careers. 2006, probably one of the worst, not even, not worst, it was probably one of the worst number one picks for 06 and 07. Mario Williams out of North Carolina, never, I did not expect him to go over Reggie Bush. Jamarcus Russell, in my eyes, the worst overall pick in any sports. The worst. Respectfully. Jake Long, Matthew Stafford, the horrible Sam Bradford, Matthew Stafford is not a Hall of Famer. Jake Long, to me, not a Hall of Famer, but he still might get in. I think he, I think he actually got um, selected this year. Sam um, Bradford, no way in hell, he's a Hall of Famer. Cam Newton, it's possible. It's very possible. Andrew Luck, he could have been a Hall of Famer. He decided to get out the game a little earlier. Eric Fisher, the 2013 first-round pick, 
not a Hall of Famer will not be a Hall of Famer. Javani, um, J, um, Javani Clowney. Javamion Clowney, whatever his damn name is. Not a Hall of Famer. Decent career, not a Hall of Famer. Jameis Winston, do I have to say anything? Do I have to say anything? You get my point. Jared Goff, he was so horrible that he probably one of the few quarterbacks I've seen get traded after a, a couple of Super Bowl, a Super Bowl season. I think it was a year or two after he won Super Bowl. He got traded to the worst team that's been the horrible in 30 years, the Detroit Lions. Miles Garrett, probably the most unbelievable defensive ends I've seen the last 15 years. Besides J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald. Baker Mayfield, a hell no. Not a Hall of Famer whatsoever. So you see what you see where it has come to. So basically, I did this to get you guys to understand the number one pick have so much to live up to. So much to live up to. Honorable mention. Joe Burrow, he's probably the only, in my honest opinion, right now to have the potential to be a Hall of Famer. Right now, the biggest potential to be a Hall of Famer as a quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Before I get out of here, Cleveland, Tampa Bay. I was I was in disbelief when I saw these. They are the only two teams ever in NFL history to have number one picks two years in the row twice. Did you guys hear that? Tampa Bay had first round overall picks. 96, I mean 76 and 77, 86 and 87. Then Cleveland came in 2000 and 2001 and 2018 and 2017. Now, we don't have to say Jacksonville this year have was better than the last three years because they could have been the probably the first team in NFL history to have the number one pick three years in a row. <laughs> so, but as long as that Cincinnati and Jacksonville are the two teams that have the NFL number one pick twice, 
two years in a row. So, but the last greatest Hall of Famer from this entire NFL draft history is Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning and Orlando Pace. We have potentials of who in, who's out. Um, I believe it's a couple more, but overall picks is not guaranteed that you will have a Hall of Fame career. Now, what the NFL need to do, or I would suggest them to do, because there is no way you should be able to predict your draft order in the middle of the season. They have to come up with a system where teams is not tanking. Came up with the perfect scenario. The team that's in the postseason depend on their record or whatever far as playoff position should be bottom six, bottom, bottom, bottom 16. Well, bottom is the bottom 16, top 16 to have later than a 20 of um, 15 pick. Now the team that didn't make the teams that didn't make the postseason and have a losing record should have to be placed into a draft lottery. I believe if the NFL came up with a draft lottery, it would be so many competitive teams. And I'm not saying teams are just not competitive. But on certain days, we know it's a possibility this team not going to beat this team. It's just some days we just, some Sundays we know. It's just how it is. And the pressure is on tomorrow who's the number one pick. I believe it will be Bryce Young. I, I wouldn't, if I was the, if I was the Carolina Panthers, I would not be going that direction. I would go with CJ Trout. I think he had more, um, more, I just think he's better. I just think he's better. I think he's have the body, have the muscle, he have the heart. And I, I will go with C.J. Trout, the number one pick. That's just my personal opinion. But I believe it will be Bryce Young out of Alabama. Hell of a career in Alabama. Let's see what he can do at the pro level. But like I said, man, NFL have to do something about the draft. They have to. The top ten is too predictable in the middle of the season. It, at some point, you have to change. The records should not matter. It's all about getting that draft lottery. If you get the number one pick, you get the number one pick. It's basically telling the future of the NFL. It's not guaranteed you have a hell of a career, a decent career, because we know it is so much placed on these first overall picks. You have at least two or three years to develop to be that franchise quarterback or that franchise or whatever. And some of these owner owners... Ours is not that patient. They not. So, that's what I really wanted to point out. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And how can NFL fix it? They have to come up with a draft lottery. Simple. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get out, we're going to go to the best and worst of the week. The absolute worst of the week is... Phil Jackson. 
of all people saying that he stopped watching the NBA since the bubble because of the BLK and other BS he's talking about. That's why Jalen Rose had to check him. You just don't say idiotic things like that. You just don't. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at the article. It's all over the sports world, of course. The best of the week is easy. Jimmy Butler the other night straight dominated Milwaukee Bucks. 59 points. Easy. And y'all know how much I love me some Jimmy Butler. I'm just saying. I don't think Miami the place. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. That would do it for this episode of Sports Talk with Marcel. Episode 117. Hope you guys come back next week. One um, Episode 118. As we will go over everything. Sports, NBA playoff, Stanley Cup, um, Stanley Cup playoff, MLB, this damn sports history, and of course, best and worst of the week. As always, you guys have a tremendous week. And I will see you guys next week for another should be a jam-packed episode. As always, be good, be great, and be blessed. See ya.